witches. I'm Felicia. And I'm Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world. Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get get spooky. Okay, so, um, hey, Felicia. Hey, Halls. How's it going? I, it's going. Life is yeah. going. Woo-hoo. It's, it's December. It's December. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> Qu- How does Kimmy look about it? Christmas. Oh, Quee Smalls. Quee Smalls. I'll be out for Quizmos. Quiznos. (laughs) Get them subs on the way. Baked, please. (laughs) With cheese. Oh my god. (laughs) So funny. No, I'm so excited. It's December. I can't wait. Um, And we're doing a a friend's Christmas that I saw that you RSVP to, so I'm so excited. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm excited to be able to like actually see people again because at least here in Canada in uh, what was it? Christmas of 2020, we were on like full-fledged lockdown. Couldn't go anywhere. Yeah. Uh, Last year, you know, Alex's grandfather was having some health issues so we kind of knew it would probably be our last christmas with him so we made christmas last year like a lot about family spending so much family time with one another which was a good thing so um so this year is kind of like we get to kind of do our own thing and get back to normal again right yeah so and i don't know about you but my friends are my chosen family and the family that i love spending time with so i am so excited to do christmas with you guys me too i'm excited right so i've gone uh i've embraced my i'm turning into my mother is what i'm trying to say roundabout Ah. ways of turning into my mother and my house looks like a fucking hallmark movie and i love it not eva (laughs) but miniva yeah you ever watched uh, (laughs) have you ever watched the uh jim carrey's the grinch yes yeah, I'm Martha May Huvier, bitch. Welcome Christmas, Christmas time. Anyways, yeah, this is uh, the first episode of December. Yay! Woo! So, um, I changed things up a little bit, and instead of pulling tarot, uh, <gasps> because my tarot cards have been not aggressive, nice. they've been aggressive. <laughs> I can say that <laughs> they've been aggressive towards me and my life lately. <laughs> Um, so I've got this, uh, star codes, astro oracle deck that we're pulling from (gasps) instead. You got an oracle deck? I got it for Christmas last year. For Christmas? For (laughs) Quimo? Quimo! So, and I just, I've never really connected to it. So anyways, I did a quick three card draw here. I'm... I'm certain I'm not drawing correctly because it's not the same as tarot at all, but that's okay. Okay. Um, anyways, the first card I pulled was um, Uranus. Oh, was Uranus. it? Uranus. <laughs> Uranus. <laughs> um, that stands for change. So oh, okay. Uranus acts like a cosmic clutch. It takes us out of one gear and after some chaos, shifts us into a new one. <laughs> I feel like your oracle decks are going to get aggressive with you, too. <laughs> okay. That's not a bad read. So so that's 
that one and then i mean it goes more so like i did three cards and like there's three things that you can that the cards can mean is like they can mean an action a challenge or a gift so okay. like for the first place i would assume that'd be action yes. um so for uranus the action is surprise or be surprised be ready to shift gears it's time to experiment and try a fresh approach or a new road entirely if your life were a garden now would be the time to scatter handfuls of diverse seeds water them all and see what grows robustly and weed the rest later Oh, I like that. I re- mm-hmm. I actually really like that. Yeah. I mean, that's n- certainly not untrue of my life. Yeah. So, and then the second card I pulled is Gemini. Ooh. And it says to cross-pollinate, which is kind of cute because that ties into the... Kind of like the garden and diversifying mm-hmm. the seeds and yeah. Uh, Gemini with its symbol of a pair of twins conversing, Gemini asks to weave a web of connections and build networks with humor and all forms <laughs> of communication. So for the challenge part, it says this: the situation may be more complex than you think, so be willing to dig in. Gemini energy can be shallow or oversimplified as it encourages breadth rather than depth. So mm-hmm. you have to add the depth consciously. Okay. And then the last card I pulled for the gift place is Libra. Fucking A. For balance. So Libra asks us to strengthen all relationships with an infusion of justice, equality, equity, communication, fairness, and romance. Um, the gift of the Navajo, or sorry, the gift of the Libra card is the Navajo refer to the quote beauty way as the path of life lived in balance, living in the right relations with one another, with the cycles of nature, with the ecosystem all around, and with spirit. Let the beauty way call you. I kind of love this because it's like, okay, so it's saying like the action is like shit needs to change. You need to like change gears, quit doing the same thing, right? And then it's like the challenge is going to be like you're going to spread a lot of seed, but make sure you spread the right kind of seed. Like don't put your energy and effort into things that don't serve you, but put your energy and effort into different things. Yes. But not just like shallow, meaningless things. And the gift will be living in like balance and harmony. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Oracle deck? I feel like that does not hurt as much as tarot. No, that was really pretty. I like that. That that was very soft and We're keeping it light. We're keeping it airy. It's it's quimus. Quimus. (laughs) Mary Chrysler. Happy Festivus. (laughs) And Hanukkah. That's a thing, too. Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Saturnalia. Happy holidays, y'all. Yes, the all-inclusive. <laughs> yeah. Happy non-denominational holidays. <laughs> I love it. Oh, no, that was much nicer than tarot usually is. You know, so I... I'll take it. <laughs> I shuffled my tarot cards earlier, and like I just like did a little sneak peek to see what they said, and it was like... <laughs> The way I've been reading them lately is like the face cards represent actual people. Okay. Is how I've been reading it. Yeah. And like I pulled face card and then I pulled a death card and I was like, you know what? (laughs) You're like, we're just not going here today. No, I was like, I just, I'm just going to put you away. Well, I'll (laughs) deal with you later. I cannot have (laughs) the ending of any more relationships or an actual death right now. Thank you so much. No. Yeah. Not happening. <laughs> Not today, Satan. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I love it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's been my life lately. Yeah. I also wanted to just throw in really quickly, sprinkle in. <laughs> Our last TikTok video did so well. That was so funny. And it was so <laughs> cute. And I feel like a lot of people liked it because it was like just super honest. And I just think it's so nice. And we have quite a few new followers on Instagram and TikTok. Yes. So if you're listening to this, welcome. We love you. Thank you for listening to something that says we interrupt, say fuck a lot, and throw in some occult, because <laughs> obviously we resonate with you. <laughs> so thanks for joining the club. We appreciate it. Welcome any and all chaotic witches. We see you. We hear you. You are valid. Yeah. And- <laughs> we are chaos Uh (laughs) exactly (laughs) love it well just throwing that in there are you ready to dive into the episode today yeah what do you got for me okay so in past episodes we've talked about different types of witches different types of magic and all forms of magical practices and throughout all of those episodes we've talked a lot about the tools that magical practitioners have at their disposal and in their toolboxes Mm -hmm. so i thought today would be a good time to kind of narrow our focus a little bit here and focus on a few very ancient and commonly used tools that we've talked about but never really kind of dug into so today we're going to talk about amulets talismans and charmed objects and what their differences are i knew you'd like this one (laughs) give me some nazars bitch (laughs) right (laughs) so to start off with we're going to talk about the amulet because i think that's kind of the one that most people hear of it's kind of the one that's like sticks out in people's brains it's the one that i feel like shows up in like hollywood or in like you know mention of the occult you hear of amulets so the easy definition of an amulet is an object that's believed to provide protection upon its possessor by adverting evil influences or ill luck right so super basic it's meant for protection it's meant to kind of act as this like shield against anything negative that is being sent your way so they are also like more commonly known as what you would consider like a good luck charm Mm -hmm. right people who are maybe like new to the occult or are just trying to find like similarities to things that they know that would kind of be like what an amulet is is like a good luck charm if you will right and they are usually worn Typically, it's like something that you wear um, and it's made from a durable material, but it is also quite natural, right? So that could be leather. It mm-hmm. could be wood. It could be metal or stone. So it's very much like it's it's natural in its appearance. Like when I think of an amulet, what mm-hmm. I visualize is not that. No? <laughs> I visualize like a very like ornate locket almost with like it's got metal and it's ornate and like filigrees all around it with like a big Mm. fat like purple gem right in the middle or something you know (laughs) like it's funny that you say that because i I talk about it a little bit later but let's just get into it now is a lot of times the perception of amulets is based on a pendant yeah so a lot of times people think or visualize a pendant when they talk about an amulet yeah. And that's just because a lot of times, say, witches or amulets themselves have been depicted in literature and in history as a pendant oh. because it was the easiest thing for people to carry on them. Yes. Okay. Makes sense. Right? But typically, amulets, if we're looking in 
more like ancient terms or like historical terms Mm -hmm. is always something that was very natural. So it's basically like anything can function as an amulet. You can make anything an amulet, right? So some commonly used items to make amulets are like small statues, like, you know, the little like a... yeah, little statue things um, that'll typically you could bind in leather and wear with you or attach to your clothing. Coins have been made into amulets before. I've seen those um, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Drawings can be used as amulets. Okay. Plant parts. Right. So weaving of like sacred grasses can be mm. used to create amulets. Animal parts. So bones, things yeah. like that. And then written words as well. So a lot of like Chinese and Japanese culture will have words Uh, or like sacred texts inscribed and then they would have them stitched into their armor before they'd go to battle as a way to protect them and ward themselves from spiritual attacks during warfare. Okay. Yeah. Right? So those would be considered amulets. So it's also believed that when you wear your amulets, the closer to your natural body it is, the stronger the power will be. The strongest protection power will be. So if you're wearing armor, for example, and it's on the outermost part of your armor, it wouldn't be as good as if it was, say, on the inside of like your robing Mm -hmm. that then you would cover in armor. Yeah. So a lot of times you'd see people wearing their amulets as necklaces and pendants because it's the easiest way to carry something about. And it was known that or it was believed that the closer to your physical body it was, the stronger its power was. Oh, okay. Yeah. So some really common examples of an amulet, like if some if you're having a hard time in visualizing what an amulet could be, it could be things like crucifixes. So the crucifix is seen as an amulet. Garlic can be seen as an amulet. Okay. Coal, uh, runes, uh, lucky coins and horseshoes. In a lot of different cultures. Okay. Right? So these amulets have been used for centuries across the globe by many different cultures. And amulets are worn by people as a form of protection and defense against all forms of evil around them. But typically more supernatural or spiritual. But in some cases, it was believed that amulets would even protect those who wore them against common diseases. So oh, yeah. Was, okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So it was used for protection against disease. That's where, like, um, also you'll see, like, uh, the herbal bags, like, people would fill them with things like clove and sage and wear them close to their bodies because it was meant to, like, help ward off any, like, illness that was yeah. in the air around them. Right. So those could be those are amulets as well. Hmm. So there are a few different belief systems that surround amulets and how they work. One school of thought believes that amulets derive their extraordinary properties and powers from the magic placed on them by the practitioner. Right. So you have a magical practitioner that, for lack of better terminology, enchants this amulet, bestows Mm -hmm. power on it. Yeah. And then it's hel- it just holds that power no matter who wears it. It's transferable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So it's almost like having this, I don't want to say charmed because we're going to talk about charms later, but it's like <laughs> having this, this uh, object that's been given power and mm-hmm. no matter where it is or who wears it, it, it's like has that power with it always. Yeah. It's right. It's permanently powerful. Exactly. So it's yeah, it's believed that the object itself will hold its power regardless of who's wearing it. Now, the other school of belief around amulets is that it only has power if it's been blessed by a specific person and will provide no benefit to the wearer if they do not meet a specific criteria. Now, oh, okay. I know that seems a little convoluted, so I, I put it in terms of uh, 
Christianity because it's just the easiest to understand. So perfect example of this is that the idea of a crucifix or holy water must be blessed by a clergyman. Mm -hmm. So you can't just have the average Joe making holy water. It has yeah. to be a, a person of God or a man of God. Who appointed makes that, by God. Yeah, Exactly. Appointed by God who makes that <laughs> holy water. And then on top of that, it's believed to hold no power if the user has no faith in Christ. Oh, right? okay. Exactly. So that that's what I mean about the two different schools of, of beliefs is that one is like, no, it's enchanted and this will work no matter what. And it's this like working amulet forever. And the other school of belief is unless it is blessed by like a holy person or a sacred person and then used by a person who has that same belief it won't work mm, interesting yeah so you'll see that in different things like there are some artifacts in judaism that follow that school of belief same thing with buddhism they follow yeah. so if you look more at like religious amulets they kind of follow that one school of belief whereas like occult amulets follow the school of belief that things can be enchanted and then that power follows through with it yeah. Yeah. So typically it's like secular versus non-secular. <laughs> right? Yeah, Typical. exactly. As it always is. As it Us always against is. them. <laughs> right? <laughs> so yeah, like, and like I said earlier, amulets are often confused with pendants, which is like a small aesthetic object that hangs from a necklace, typically like a locket, like you said. Mm -hmm. um, and so any pendant may be an amulet, but not every amulet is a pendant yes okay if that makes sense yep yeah so that's kind of the general rundown on amulets and what makes something an amulet so i thought i'd give you a few cute little examples maybe cute's not the right word of uh, some fun examples of some amulets throughout history so greeks and romans used amulets regularly as uh the greeks and the romans do a mm -hmm. lot of the occult comes from them so a lot of them were gemstones uh, and they they were represented in typically like a spherical shape. And that shape and type of gemstone they would use would represent a specific deity. So oh, okay. they would be able to carry this amulet, this gemstone amulet with them, thereby asking whichever deity it represented for their assistance whenever they needed it. Yeah. So, for example, foot soldiers in Greece would typically wear... Uh, red jasper which would invoke the protection of the warrior god mars yes okay. right so that's that's a way that they instead of using protection in terms of like disease or illness they would use it as a protection against physical harm while in war yeah yeah so was would the red jasper have to be enchanted before they wear it or was it just like naturally inundated with powers exactly that's that's what i think the belief was that the gemstone okay. itself was representative of the god of mars okay. and that the wearer had their own power and in the same way that we think like any christian can talk to god i think the thought was that any grecian held the power to ask the assistance of the gods uh, themselves okay but using the amulet helped make that connection. Mm -hmm. And then once the assistance was asked for, the amulet and the red jasper would like kind of create that shield for them. It would be interesting. The, the okay. piece of like, I guess, like the physical piece that would then emulate the power out of it, if that oh, makes any sense. Okay. Makes yeah. Sense. yeah. I learned a lot for this episode and I thought it was so cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm giving you random facts that I'm remembering. <laughs> 
a lovely little pop culture one would probably be i know you haven't watched it yet but in the new wednesday series on netflix yeah i watched the whole thing by the way in one night <laughs> 10 out of 10 oh it's incredible it's so good i re- <laughs> It's so wait. good. I rewatched it the next day. No, you didn't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what came over me, but I was like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm putting this on again. I love the Adams family. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And it's <laughs> it's been like reimagined in like the most fantastic way. But oh, I can't wait. In the show, well, and it's directed by Tim Burton. Ooh. Right? Like I know you like Tim Burton. So oh, I love love Tim Burton. <laughs> but in the show she has um she has a pendant yeah. with the W on it and it's like black obsidian and it connects her to like her like her heritage spirits. Amazing. Yeah. So we'll talk about it a little bit more, but it sounds almost like a little bit more of a talisman than it is an amulet. Okay. But We'll talk about it. And there's like a very specific reason why I say that. And I'll I'll uh, I'll loop back to it once I give you the facts. Okay. <laughs> All right, cool. But I like that. I want I wish I had a after reading this, I'm like, I want an amulet. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm right? gonna make an amulet. <laughs> so another one is I th- we kind of talked about this a little bit earlier, but um in China they I believe it's Tao Taoists, they had a special type of calligraphy that warded off evil spirits. Um, and then they would carry those pieces of writing with them yep. so that if they ever were trying to be attacked by these spirits, it would inherently ward them or act as like a ward against these spirits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Also, during the time of Solomon, people would carry sacred texts engraved on silver with them or wear the Star of David, which still has really good like high popularity as being worn for protection. Yeah. Yeah. Catholic religious tools have long had amuletic qualities as well, including like the rosary, mm-hmm. holy water, um, and as well as uh, the crucifix for yes. warding off malevolent spirits, demons, demons. Have you noticed I've been uh, working on <laughs> removing the second D? <laughs> yeah, I from- have. From demon. (laughs) Um, And then Islamic amulets consisted of triangular parcels with sacred verses on them, often used for children as protection from the evil eye. Oh, yeah. 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 So really cool. And then in Thailand, I thought this one was really cool. In Thailand, um, there are a lot of people who carry blessed and sacred coins that deter bad luck and sorcery. Yes. So again, that's more Buddhist. And again, that's a little bit more on the religious side of like carrying these coins that are blessed by like monks mm-hmm. and then they're used for protection against witchcraft and sorcery but yeah. still it's funny i love when people use things as like protection against witchcraft but then they use practices from like <laughs> paganism to do right? it and you're like you're like isn't that counterintuitive but okay <laughs> all christianity is witchcraft <laughs> yeah right decorating christmas trees is witchcraft <laughs> Basically, I mean, like, honestly, the only current, like, religion that I would argue has very little ties to, like, witchcraft and paganism is specifically Jehovah's Witness. Fair enough. You know what? <laughs> I, I, I'm i going to... I'll take it. I'll take your word for it. I don't actually know too much about the Jehovah's Witnesses and what they believe. They just, like, from from what I know, I could be wrong, but, like, they're... Fr- from what I've heard belief-wise is that they don't celebrate Halloween, Christmas, birthdays, anything like that, because they're all tied to pagan traditions from the past. That's fair. Okay. Th- so they're, like, very much, like, a pure 
Jehovah, God, whatever. Good for them. <laughs> I mean, it works. Good for you. Sucks that you don't get to celebrate Halloween. It's great. I know. It's funny. <laughs> I work with, I actually work with a Jehovah's Witness at the salon. Yeah. And um, she's very nice to me and everything. And mm-hmm. looking at her, she is the last person you would expect to be a Jehovah's Witness. Um, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. And at Halloween, though, I like looked at her and I was like, man, there is nothing there is like there is nothing that would test my faith more than Halloween. And she's like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> I don't know how like I I fucking love Halloween. Right. I love it. I love it. I love everything about it. <laughs> Spooky, Same. scary skeletons. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Well, interesting. Fun fact of the day. <laughs> I'm so sorry to interrupt and derail. But that's literally part of our podcast. We, it would be false advertising if you didn't. I guess. So now that we know about amulets, let's talk about talismans. Another tool that's commonly mistaken for amulet is a talisman. So the two are very similar and they have almost very similar definitions of one another, but they are quite different in their purposes and what they are capable of doing. Talismans are similar to amulets in that they can be any object. So any object can be made into a talisman. So talismans can be worn by anybody. However, they're slightly different in that they can also be permanently installed in architecture. Okay. So like, a lot of like ta- gargoyles or Yes, exactly. Okay. So you can have you can have gargoyles, you could have inscriptions on the inside of a building that could act as a talisman. You could have like a let's say you used again like let's use the Star of David as an example. You could have the Star of David in there. I mean, that one might not be a great example because that one's specifically used for protection. But yeah. you could have another, like, I guess, like, call it a holy symbol, if you will, that could yeah. be it, it, like permanently put into architecture and then can be enchanted and used as a talisman. So talismans right. don't have to be carried around with you wherever. Yeah. And the, the reason is, is like, let's start with the basic definition of a talisman, because it'll just be easier to describe everything I'm trying to say here. It's any object ascribed with religious or magical powers intended to protect heal or harm individuals who they are made for so okay amulets are typically only used for protection and they create this like invisible shield of protection around their wearer so anywhere that the amulet is it will give out the power and protect you wherever you are talismans can send off whatever energy they're ascribed with wherever they are oh yes so so you can like long range protect someone with a talisman yes okay right (laughs) also the other thing about talismans is that they are believed to amplify power additional to sending off whatever energy and power they've been ascribed with oh okay yeah so talismans like let's say you are a really powerful scryer and you're trying to reach a new level of scrying within your practice you could use a talisman that will help amplify your power to get to where you need in your magical practice okay right or it could be used as like i'm really sick and i want to heal i'm going to put this thing in my this talisman in my house so that whenever i am home this talisman is like acting as this like protective shield within my home so whenever i'm home i'll be protected and and i'll receive healing energy from it okay again yeah. talismans can also be used in a non-positive way right so talismans can be used 
as like spiritual attacks on someone. So if I place a negative talisman in your home, yeah, that would continuously send negative mm-hmm. energy and attacks to you mm-hmm. spiritually. Okay. Yeah. So that's the big difference between a talisman and an amulet is that a talisman is used for more than just protection. Okay. Um, it can be placed in a in a home. It can be placed in a building. So think of like um like uh you remember you were telling I can't remember exactly what they were called, but they were those temples that Egyptians could go to, and being in that temple would bring them like closer to the gods. Hmm. Yeah. So you could inscribe runes within those temples that would act as talismans to amplify the power of talking to the deities in that specific temple. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So again, they're very similar to amulets in that they could be runes, they could be wood material, plant material, animal material, but they're a little bit different in that they could be like a building. Yeah. Okay. So a really good example of adding power to a person, like uh, amplifying power is like King Arthur's Excalibur. So like Excalibur was a talisman. It was an enchanted object that amplified the power of King Arthur's bravery and his like loyalty and his like fidelity. Okay. Interesting. Right? Yeah. Huh. So also these magical objects are worn not only to amplify power, but are also believed to enhance personal power. So it could be used to amplify power that somebody's given to the talisman or given to somebody, uh, yeah. but it also can be used to, like I said, amplify that internal power, right? Okay. So again, the the example of the scrying is, uh, is a really good, uh, good one. Typically, talismans are also generally made of like crystal or gemstone or metal yeah. and are quite similar to like what you're talking about, like the pendant, like the mm-hmm. big purple jewel right in the center of it yeah (laughs) that's more similar to a talisman and um when you were talking about the wednesday adams pendant that she was wearing that's why i think it's a little bit more similar to a talisman than it is an amulet Mm. because if she's using it for more than just protective powers yes it kind of falls more to the side of makes sense talisman yeah okay cool yeah so the word talisman itself uh was actually derived from the greek word telisma which means consecration ceremony so again, okay. like we can kind of just get the idea of like, it's like a tool that is used in ceremonial practices. Yeah. It's something that helps us amplify our power, amplify our spirituality. We can use it as, as a tool of divination, right? Rather than it just being like a ward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the other interesting idea about talismans are they're believed to be capable of imprisoning spirits that will remain tied to that object until the person who tied the spirit to the object breaks it. Yeah. Otherwise, the spirit will kind of remain attached or entrapped within that talisman. And it's Mm -hmm. one of the only spiritual tools that I have found, at least, that seems to be capable of imprisoning spirits within them Mm. and then harnessing the energy of the spirits trapped within them. Interesting. Right? I'm like, Hmm. that could be used for some really good stuff and some really terrible stuff. Yeah, right? Right? Super evil stuff could definitely (laughs) be done with that. super evil. And typically, I feel like it's used more for evil than it is for good in yeah. those situations. Yeah. So, um, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. Right. So, I guess just to kind of uh, summarize, amulets are only capable of repelling harm and bad luck or ill intent, uh, whereas talismans are able to repel and attract whatever the user's looking for. Okay, yep. Yeah. So let's get into some examples of some talismans. 
do it. So <laughs> in medieval times, um, a woman might wear a piece of parchment around her neck with suitable words that were written upon it during intercourse that would increase the um, probability of her bearing a child from that oh. sexual encounter. Okay. Yeah. So there you see it in a lot of um, like Druid culture, Celtic culture. Yeah. Um, Scandinavian culture, mm. Norris culture. A lot of women would wear these like inscribed ruins that would that were thought to help bring more fruit or fertility to them. Yeah. In the 16th century, Ottoman flags bore the image of a magical double-edged sword called Zolfkar, along with an invocation to be recited for prowess, particularly among cavalrymen. So oh, it was okay. thought that they would almost like enchant these flags as they held these like powerful magical symbols and it would help them like bring fear to their enemies. Yeah. Right. And it would like help like strengthen the men in their army so they would be braver and stronger and they'd fight better and less of them would die okay that makes sense yeah so right (laughs) yeah checks out (laughs) (laughs) uh so the next one is the seal of solomon uh it's a talisman used for safety against death trouble and evil okay um this geometric pattern appears in other religious settings as well often representing the troon deity they're virtuous of wisdom, love, truth, or the elements of spirit and fire. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, again, it's like, it's a seal that would be placed in different buildings, flags, like all sorts of stuff. It could be stamped on coins and this like special seal was used as a talisman to attract positive and deflect negative types okay. of spiritual energy. And then last, uh, Islamic talismans crafted as scrolls date back to 900 ce and probably even earlier yeah and these had verses from the quran along with prayers which would be carried in a type of protective container and then recited while people were moving around and conducting their business so these like small scrolls that they would carry with them and recite when they they needed protection or they were looking to attract or deflect something yeah Hmm. so those are talismans interesting so lastly we're going to talk about charms which in my opinion is the easiest of the three (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's kind of the simplest of the three they are also arguably like the easiest to make of the three yeah right because the word charm comes from the latin meaning song verse or incantation okay so based on that we can kind of assume that a charm can literally be no more than like a little verbal ditty that you can sing whenever you feel like it (laughs) okay yeah so a good example of this is the saying, see a penny, pick it up all day long, you'll have good luck. Yeah. Right? So that is a charm. So if you see a penny, you say the charm, and now that penny has been charmed for good luck for you. Okay. Right? Is that similar to like the effect of um, saying something that you want to happen and then knocking on wood to like... Yes. Okay. Exactly. Okay. That's exactly it. So a charm, a charm basically, like the difference between amulets, talismans, and charms, again, it's like typically like a small object. Is You use okay. charms on small objects. And it, it's basically meant to like hold a spell's energy. Oh. So the difference between a talisman and amulet and the charm is that the charm requires a verbal piece to it. I see. In order okay. for its power to work. Yeah. So an amulet is enchanted once and then it kind of holds its power forever is the yeah. idea, right? 
Same thing with a talisman. A talisman's inscribed with like a powerful seal or a powerful image. And then maybe sometimes it's words or maybe sometimes it's it's a chant that people say with it, right? But yeah. typically it's like an object or or a symbol of some sorts that, again, holds its power forever, right? Yeah. Whereas charms are like, you could see a random fucking penny on the street and be like, all day long, I'll have good luck. And then you're like, ah, enchanted penny. <laughs> yeah. Right? Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's basically charms are just a way to contain a spell's energy and then carry that object with you. Okay. But it uh, it doesn't last forever. It's only lasting as long as the charm or the incantation is being recited with it. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So the purpose of a charm typically is to draw positive energy into your life. Charms mm-hmm. are never really used to cause like any real damage or serious harm. It's usually positive energies like good luck, health, happiness, romance, sex, success, things like that, right? Self-love, right? Yeah. So it's never really, I, I guess like the the opposite force to a charm would be similar to like a hex. Yeah. Right? Whereas a charm is more about like attracting positive energy into your life by charming a small object that you then carry with you. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Right? So a few examples of these things can be invocations or prayers that are addressed to herbs before you eat them, right? Okay. So you can say a small charm before you eat your food and then you eat it and it's meant to like once you like ingest like it holds the power of the spell then you ingest it and the power of that spell is kind of like released within you yeah. right that's the idea um another one is like mystical words chanted or written on papers that you can have applied to your body mm. right so it could be like a the idea of like a temporary tattoo or painting something on yourself right to yeah. to keep you protected for the day or for the moment conjurations or exorcisms addressed to diseases oh right? okay so you can have things like removing negative and toxicity out of you yeah you have things called narrative charms it's like how do i explain this one this one was difficult it's like you're basically speaking from the perspective of somebody else who has suffered with the same affliction as you yeah so it's like almost like telling the, their story as almost like a, a fairy tale, if you will, but okay. using that like narrative charm to then like expel the negative energy from you as well Yeah, is kind of what I understand. That one was a little difficult and I was like, Ugh. I was uh, questioning whether or not I was going to put that one in there because I'm like, I don't fully understand that one, but interesting nonetheless yeah right then we have you can have uh other charms are the attributions of magical powers to certain objects plants animals or stones so you know you could find a stone attribute your charm to it and then keep it for that moment uh you could see an animal and you could charm the animal maybe they'll go back to their herd and bring good luck to their herd which will then bring good luck to the hunters and so forth so forth Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then the last one is like transference of disease by a formula or a ceremony from human to animals or human to other material objects. So okay. it's the idea of transferring the disease from the person to something else. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So those are the ways that you can use charms. 
Now, some other examples of charms is in Neolithic times, carrying bones, stones, and other trinkets for luck was common practice among hunters. So they would typically bring the bones of animals that they were looking for as like a charm of good luck to hopefully see that animal when they were trying to hunt for them. Yeah. Uh, the Greeks and the Romans wore lockets that showed respect for their deities and housed things like snippets of women's hair to keep love close. Aw, that's sweet. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was really cute. Cute. <laughs> I like that. Uh, in medieval times, women would send a favor, right, with her husband going into war, which he would then wear. The favor symbolized devotion and also invoked protection. So this charm kind of also acts as an amulet, right? Yeah. Because it's a something charmed by somebody else that's used for protection. Okay. Which leads me to kind of my last point in all of this is that all of these three are not like mutually exclusive, right? You can mm -hmm. have something that is a charm and also an amulet. You can have something that's an amulet and also a talisman, right? They yeah. are interchangeable with one another. And there is a lot like if, if this is a Venn diagram, a three circle Venn diagram, there is a lot of intersect. <laughs> oh, yeah. Between the three. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Right? But yeah, so the, I guess the main big difference is their amulets. Amulets are typically only used for protection or and are more often worn than not. Yeah. Talismans are can be used to attract and repel spiritual energy. Yeah. And charms are typically small objects that are used to bring good luck and and happiness into your life. Okay. Yeah. I like that. And that's, uh, that's all I have for you today. Wow, that was great. <laughs> I like that a lot. Good. So what would, what would you call, I don't know if you said this earlier, but like the Nazar, like the evil eye chart, like yeah. thing, what would you call yeah. that? It's kind of like everything, isn't it? I think, I think so. I think it would be similar to like a talisman. Yeah. Let's see. I'm just going to see what is. Or an amulet. Like, well, I don't know. So let's read this for here. I guess it I guess the it's it's difficult because it's it's seen so differently in so many different cultures. Like in some yeah. cultures the Nazar is believed to be like a symbol of harm. Like you give yeah, people an right? evil eye to like hurt them. Yeah. I know in other cultures it's for you, protection to avert the evil eye. Yeah. Correct. So I believe I may be mistaken, but I believe that in some cases, the Nazar would be a talisman used to send harm to somebody. Okay. And in other cultures, the Nazar is an amulet used as a piece of protection that is worn to ward off harm. Yeah. So I guess it really depends on the perspective that you're looking at it from. Yeah. <laughs> so the answer is, is it, it, it depends. <laughs> It's in the cross section of the Venn diagram. It's in the cross section, yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I know, right? Yeah, I thought it was really cool because I, it's funny because I, I was actually, um, not next week because next week's your episode, but the following week. Yeah. I have a really good episode prepared that I think you're going to like, but I needed more time to work on it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, but during it, there was a lot of conversation about like a lot of stuff I was reading was about um, spiritual defense, if you will. Oh, okay. And it talked a lot about amulet and talisman. And, and I was like, what the fuck is the difference? <laughs> and I was like, well, that's a great idea for an episode. Because if, if I don't know 59 episodes in, I'm sure there's somebody else that doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are these just <laughs> potato potatoes? Different names well, for the same thing. It's crazy <laughs> because when I was so I was writing this episode and I uh, I got really sick last week. Yeah. So I had less days to work on this episode than I wanted, which sucked. But I think I did all right. But uh, I was I was researching my other episode and I thought I was going to be able to finish it in time for this re- like our recording. And then it just was a little. It's it's untidy right now. Okay. And I need sense. to tidy it up. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and during it, I uh, yeah, again, I was like reading and I was going back and forth and back and forth. And I'm like, man, like are ambulance and talismans the same thing? Like, are they just synonymous? <laughs> like, can you just kind of replace one with the other? Right. And I was like, that's a great question, Felicia. Why, why don't you answer it? <laughs> <laughs> turns Look it out up yourself. <laughs> turns out the answer is it depends. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. That's super cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, now I, I know. It. Now you know. So now when we talk about it later, now we'll know how to classify them. Yeah. As we're talking about different things and learning about different things. I'll probably forget, but that's okay. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Me too. Well, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate uh, your never-ending enthusiasm for anything I bring to the table. I appreciate <laughs> you bringing such interesting topics to the table that make it easy <laughs> to be enthusiastic. I got there. I got there I eventually. Mean, no, not all of them. Numerology was a tough one. Oh, but... <laughs> yeah. Numerology was... Oh, that hurt. Hurt my brain. It's so sweet, though, because even listening back to that episode, I can hear it where you're like, I'm getting there. I'm I'm here with you. I just don't have a lot to ask. (laughs) There's the other part where it's like, you had me, then you lost me. Then you had me again. I don't know what happened. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny because I uh, I think that episode, it's hilarious. That episode, I think, was like the first time I wrote like a really good hook yeah. to like get you so interested in it. Yeah. And you were like, yeah. And uh, from then, I've been trying, <laughs> I don't know if you can tell, I've been trying to write like interesting hooks, like one or two sentence oh, yeah. hooks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can I grab you? I'm like, okay, Holly, are you ready? <laughs> yeah but no i'm glad you enjoyed it i liked this one too and yeah i just i i was trying to do research for another episode and i kept getting myself all fucking kerfuffled (laughs) so i was like let's clear this matter up well you know felicia you never have a hard time charming me oh (laughs) (laughs) i I love you thank you the lamest thing i've ever said in my fucking life but i had to pick a holly up and all day long you'll have good luck (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's so cute i mean it's worked we're at what like year 15 so it's been a minute it has been a minute (laughs) my magical spell (laughs) has stuck oh my gosh that reminds me actually i have to send it to you we got our like full wedding video back (gasps) did you and like there's pictures of me and you. Uh, did did he reach out to you or did he just creep my Facebook page? I think he might have just creeped your Facebook page because okay, he definitely cause... did not reach out to me. There's grade eight Felicia Holly pictures <laughs> in this fucking video. But no, send send me the video because I'd love to see it. And we'll okay. end off this episode so you can. <laughs> he just went off on like a wedding tangent. <laughs> That's OK. It's fine. It's totally yeah. fine. I will cut that down. It'll be great. (laughs) Everything's fine. 
Life is fabulous. <laughs> incredible. You're incredible. Not me. You, Zoe. Um, I am. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> All right. Stay spooky. <laughs> Oh no, I fucked that up. Deuces, witches. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking see ya. Uh, But no, actually, uh, send in your spooky stories or Or your dream stories. Or your dream stories. As Holly talked about in her. Yeah, in her last episode, we talked about. What was it? Prophetic dreaming? Prophetic dreams, yeah. 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 So send in those stories. Yeah. Right. So send in your stories if you've had some crazy dream where you've seen something happen and then you find out it's happened. Right. Do you have that is- sleep paralysis? Send us that <laughs> shit as well. Honestly, that, like that could have been a commercial. Do you have sleep paralysis? <laughs> if so, send your story to what up witches podcast at gmail.com. Yes. Yes. <laughs> exactly that. Yeah. Let us know. Keep us posted because we're going to keep harassing people if you don't. (laughs) Every time we make an episode, we are plugging that from now till the end. Forever. (laughs) Yeah. Do you you have sleep paralysis? Do I have the solution for you? (laughs) Incredible. Write them down. Send them to us. Yeah. And... If you're wondering how you can do that, you can reach us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Gmail. We have a fucking website. <laughs> I mean, shit, if you are capable enough of finding Holly and I's personal <laughs> socials, just fucking do that. <laughs> if you want a special mention, find our personal socials. <laughs> And send us a DM with your spooky story. Done. I, I will. We will dedicate the entire fucking episode to you. You get a, you get a month of free Patreon. Like you know what? Can you imagine? We will title the next episode just your name. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. I- episode and then we'll have our 65. own spooky stories about stalker finds our our <laughs> personal Instagram. our next story comes from our <laughs> holly incredible anyways yeah all right stay spooky bye <laughs> that's the best ending i think we've ever done incredible Just chaotic energy Mwah! <laughs> <laughs>